The five of that will speak of any topic in depth and you'll all you need to do in bite-sized episodes. Hi, I'm Eric and today we'll be divulging into the enduring and reverberating legacy of the Lacosa Nostra, a tale woven with imposterous grandeur, superficial coasts, Tommy guns and how Sicilian American Mafia conquered America and how it left an indelible mark on our cultures and history forever. Either somebody or you ain't nobody. Be fun with it or not, the mythology and popular culture of the mafia and gangsters is murderously melded with the ostentatious history of the rise of America becoming a leading nation in the military, economy, diplomacy, technology, trade and commerce of the world and its international affairs. To many avid film critics and fans, the mafia embellishes itself as an ambitious path in life, filled with filthy money, racketeering and women. However, this isn't a fairy tale. There was never a happy ending where the prince kissed the damsel in distress. This was a real and not so gratifying tale of an organization built on fear to get what it wanted, and it would most likely rectify its disputes with a bullet in one ear than a quiet word in it. However, whatever your stance on La Cosa Nostra, it is an undeniable and undisputed fact that it has played a consequential role in molding our modern day culture. It's not like one of us can't misquote a dialogue from their favorite mafia movie or franchise. See the opening of this podcast for yourself. To name some major ones, The Godfather, Once Upon a Time in America, or even American Gangster. I wonder sometimes though, where did this obsession with this brand, this glorified occupation and name come from? Well, to discover and unravel the mysteries of the rise and fall of the La Cosa Nostra in America, like how Samael was cast down from heaven to hell and morphed into Lucifer, concealing his name and title for eternity. We have to trace our steps to the little and seemingly insignificant Italian island of Sicily. Believe it or not, but this illustrious and grand organization began in the rugged and smeared street of Sicily in the 18th century. As Churchill quoted, Italy would be the soft underbelly of Europe. And if Italia is in the shape of the boot, then Sicily will be its weird amputated toe. Over decades and centuries, this island of Sicily has had its few share of unwelcome empires snatching their toe, from the Romans to the French. However, with their not so fond new rulers, whose star struck them in severe poverty, which filled for desperation for any kind of form of luxury, they resorted to violence and embraced corruption. So boot or no boot, this unwavering determination for a better life banded and forged a brotherhood and community of criminals, which little that their rulers knew at that time would become the world's most notorious and precarious criminal syndicate. This merry band in a broad term became so influential and massive that it transformed itself into small private militias of citizens. So humongous in fact that over time they could extort and committed chicanery from the very landowners that were occupying and governing them. With this, they clawed their way to more than a communal prominence but to a national importance. In the early 20th century, a colossal wave of Italian immigrants brought themselves the seeds and the bone meal with them to nurture a true organized crime syndicate on the shore of America, in New York, more specifically the hotspot, or should I say headquarters for them, in the lower side of Manhattan, which would be known and proclaimed as Little Italy for obvious reasons as you can imagine. When at that time, President Woodrow Wilson, and let me just say that he was not a good president, he was kind of a white supremacist. Anyways, he was sure telling people that they couldn't indulge in alcohol and have a nice promiscuous time after that would make America closer to a perfect nation. But guess what? It didn't. Who 
who else to defy and spit in the government's face than the Mafia? During the chaos of the 1920s to 30s prohibition, the Lakota Nostra capitalized on this grand opportunity to make a buck for their money, dipping into illegal alcohol trading and commerce, consolidating and further amassing their wealth, influence and power. As alcohol was legalized again, the Mafia had to find new fresh avenues for money and a way to expand their territory and affluence, soon found themselves in the Sin City itself, Las Vegas, profiting off rigged and profiteered casinos. As a mysterious contract murderous organization casted a larger, darker shadow over America, President John Fitzgerald Kennedy soon found himself entangled with the Mafia. Some theorists say even though there is no concrete evidence but there is also no proof that they were connected to the assassination of JFK. This was probably due to his brother, Robert F. Kennedy, who was a U.S. Attorney General who fought for equality and peace, then of course tried to expel the locals. However, himself got assassinated in 68. Other theories also suggest that Kennedy's alleged affair with a fully made Mafia's member's mistress casted for Kennedy's himself and name on the hit list. How, like how Napoleon's final act of retri retribution in the Battle of Waterloo in 1815, it also marked the end of street wars, fighting with the government and the almighty dollar for the Mafia. The motion and aim for America and its government was to enforce more laws and give the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, more power to investigate and imprison the Mafia, upfront and personal. The most revolutionary of these laws passed by the Congress was titled the RICO Act of 1970, standing for Racketeer Influence and Corrupt Organization Act. The man at the peak of this revolution was U.S. Attorney Rudy Giuliani. In 1985, he brought the heads of three out of the five families. It was ironically named the Case of Cases. The RICO Act essentially crumbled and fractured the criminal enterprise forever, shedding light on its organization structures and networks sentencing known dons to 100 years after prison each. Whilst the glory days of La Cosa Nostra are behind them, it is an exciting legacy pursues us, like a lingering ghostly specter or a fly that will not stop bothering you and let you eat in peace. It continues to raise its feet with its toe and, and stomp over the American government and the world since the dip in investigation from the FBI of 9-11. However, even if it's a less significant, but maybe it's for the better. As I conclude this episode at Five the Hive, The Intransigent Shadows, I request that you acknowledge and research for yourself the rise and fall of the Lakosa Nostra, because it is a story of a true testament to the ambitionless journey of power and influence, and the consequences that might await you, like the story of Icarus, and of course this story. So that's it for me. Join us for next time at Five of the Hive for when we delve into the another topic of histories, sometimes defacing and self-actualization tales. But anyways, forget about it.